I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. We are here today with Gabby from The Barn. Hi. (laughs) Can you give us a little bit of background information about who you are and your relationship with this beautiful restaurant we're sitting in right now? In Princeton. Yes. In case people don't know. Everybody knows Princeton. (laughs) Come on. Um, Yeah, so my mom and grandpa um, and my late grandmother built this restaurant 40 years ago. Um, They ran it for 17 years, and then my mom was running it when she was pregnant with me. Um, She always sort of jokes, and I can't tell if it's a joke or not, that she gave birth to me on a Wednesday and opened up on a Thursday. (laughs) Um, And that work ethic, I think or I hope has channeled into me, but, um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's just in my blood, but, um, she leased it to my cousins for 20 years. And then on my honeymoon with my husband, she called us and said, Hey Gab, very casual question. Um, the mountain barn is shutting down for the first time in 40 years do you want to take it over? And I was like, okay, I'm on the beach looking at sea turtles. Yeah, but where sure, are we let in me, this right? moment? We're yeah. like in <laughs> Hawaii, oh, wow. um, looking at the ocean, eating a papaya and seeing a call from my mom on my honeymoon and immediately thinking something terrible has happened. Right, right. Um, and then just having like a life-changing question just casually posed. So where were you working previously? What was your career like before this? I had a really weird circuitous career path. So, um, I'll, I'll start kind of like way back. I, my background sort of math science stuff. I have a degree in applied math. Um, and then I decided that I didn't want to do anything with that. Um, and so I went into film So I was doing film production for a while and then I moved out to Los Angeles and I was working for a talent agency doing film packaging, um, reading scripts, picking scripts, getting a cast, getting a producer, taking them to Sundance, that sort of thing. Um, And then I went into comedy management and so I was like, my job was basically to be at comedy clubs looking for talent, which was Cool. Did you discover anyone? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> I like found a couple people, but I wasn't a manager. I was an assistant, so I would just like throw some names out there and. And in terms of film, is there anything we would recognize? I mean, if you were going to Sundance, I'm guessing yes. <laughs> I mean, maybe there were a few movies. It was all indie stuff. Yep. So like, independent tell film me more. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was like five years ago and I don't remember the names of any of them like literally none um that's okay who was in them who directed them it was like <laughs> indie direct like I indie, don't indie, remember yeah. like very so you were that's on cool more, like, though the marketing end or um I I mean no I wasn't on the marketing end it was literally like you get these scripts so I would read like first draft scripts mm-hmm. that yeah. were submitted to the, to a- the agency. agency yeah um and it would be a lot of like talent agents who were representing writers that were trying to get their writers gigs and so I would get the scripts I'd have to read them be like this one has potential give them to our team and they would find people within the company to attach to it so like so like a direct if someone like 
was the agent for a director, for example. Yes. They would then say, we want to, yeah. But they're all kind of like small time directors Mm -hmm. and you try to get like one token actor to kind of like lift it up. Yep. Um, but like, I don't know, there was like a Duplass brothers movie that we worked on and Mm -hmm. I just had to like drive them around park city (laughs) and it was assistant stuff, but it was fun and it was different. And Um, the Duplass brothers are like, for people who don't really know, um, they're kind of like Kings of the, of the indie, movie world and they started out doing like these mumblecore movies that people got really really into and that's where they sort of like came up from and now they are kind of like the guys finding people yeah they're like the guys putting people on now which and is cool super nice they were really cool. that's great we love to hear that yeah. Yeah. but honestly I am a big fan of theirs <laughs> like they, no they were yeah. and they were just super normal guys like they were so great but I honestly think I blacked out a lot of that section of my life because being a Hollywood assistant is crazy and really hard and really stressful. I lost like 15 pounds and turned like a really unpleasant shade of green for like a year of my life. Well, cause it's like, you're probably just working like 14 hour days. Right. Constantly. And just like consistently. And yeah. then every time your boss like misses his flight, he calls you at like two in the morning. He's yeah. like, you need to get me on another flight. And I'm like, why did you miss it? <laughs> it um, sounds like a you problem. So yeah. yeah. So no, it was a good experience. Um, mm. Would not do it again. But the the comedy stuff was really fun. Um, And now seeing some of the people that my manager and I kind of like worked with and found, seeing them on TV or on podcasts, I'm like, oh my God. And I feel like right now, particularly, especially the past few years, I don't know if like COVID maybe is part of it just because people were able to come up with their their own content and kind of push that out outside of just being in a comedy club, for example. It's just like such a great time for comedy. I feel like I feel like every new show I watch that has a comedy element to it has someone that I have like people that I don't know. And it's it's so populated with just like new faces all the time, which is really exciting. Yeah. There's just so many more platforms. Yeah. Um, And like improv Mm -hmm. podcasts have been like my saving grace through this process. So, yeah, no, it's it's great. That world is wild. And I loved the comedy scene, but uh, I didn't have the stamina for it. Sure. Or the calling, I guess. Um, so I sort of wanted to get out of that and I was just like, this is fun, but it's not long-term. It's not sustainable. Ultimately, I did want to come back home. Yeah. Um, So you were still living in LA while you were on your honeymoon. No, no. You had already come home. Yeah. So this was like five, 10, like eight years ago. Okay. Um, and then I... Bye, Mike. Yeah. (laughs) Mike's leaving. Yes. You can enjoy our beautiful images from Unity Mike, um, who just got engaged in Hawaii, actually. So congratulations. To a woman named Molly. Yes. Not this Molly. Not me, though. Good name. So good choice, Mike. Bye, Mike. Bye. Um, But yeah, so I had been working in comedy, wasn't feeling it, um, got recruited by IBM, Okay. Local. Yeah. They wanted me to come and be a sales exec in San Francisco, which was just a very strange transition. Um, So I went from comedy clubs to like navy blue suits. Um, But I did that for like two, two and a half years. 
Um, and just, it, it was, it was good. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about business and management and, um, sales, I guess. Um, but it just, it wasn't like for me, you know? Sure. So I ended up moving back home. Um, three months later after moving back to Princeton and with my mom, mm-hmm. um, I came to dinner with my cousins at the mountain barn this restaurant's predecessor. Um, and as I was leaving, I was standing in the lobby and my future husband walked through the front door with his parents. And I was like, who is that stud with a man bun? I cannot. Oh my God. Cause Princeton has like four people in it. And that this gentleman walked through and I'd never seen blew my mind. So, um, his mom was like, Hi, have you met Ryan? And I was like, no, I have not met Ryan. <laughs> Did um, your parents know his parents? My just like- cousin knew his uh-huh. mom. Okay. Um, and it was just, we just started chatting and it was like super electric. And I think I blacked out once again. <laughs> All these like pivotal moments in my life, I think I just like completely forget and black out. Um, but now I just remember being like, Electric. The vibes. You remember the vibes. Totally. I remember the vibe and just being like, what is this? So you didn't grow up together. Um, We were on the same school bus. Yep. We grew up a mile apart. Never met. That's the same with me and my husband too. We went to the same elementary school, middle school, high school, but we didn't know each other. A couple years apart, right? Yeah. So are you the same age? We are the same age. I um, was a baby genius, so I skipped kindergarten. Oh, right. Eat your heart out. Applied math. That makes sense. I could count really well (laughs) at a young age. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I found found my, like, test papers because they were like, eh, she seems kind of bored in preschool. Like, let's have her tested. And my test was like, she can count nickels so well. She should definitely <laughs> skip kindergarten. I'm like, wow, that's a bar. That's a nice <laughs> high bar to reach. Um, so my ability to count nickels, I think, really propelled me into business ownership. I was going to you say, your business acumen began at a very young Stack age. Stack those nickels up. I straight up count nickels every single day as part of my job. So it's fun. So like um, little past Gabby was like, this is it for me. This is going to be my, she knew. Yeah, yeah. She, she knew. knew. She knew. But yeah. So I met Ryan right in the lobby. Um, we fell in love and that was, you know, pretty much it. We were living with our parents in Princeton at the time. Then we, neither of us had careers that we were like deep in. You're kind of coming back from. Yeah. A transition, right? Exactly. I knew corporate was, I'm just not cut out for corporate. I don't have the temperament to be managed. (laughs) Um, I've been told. Um, (laughs) So, uh, no, I I mean, I was sort of just like, what do I want to do? Do I want to go back to film? Do I want to go back to comedy? I don't, I'm just, I don't know. Um, And Ryan was getting his teaching certificate um, and he was teaching English online. And so he had really wanted to travel and I was just, you know, kind of floating around. Um, And so we ended up traveling for about a year and a half. We went to Bali, lived there for a while, went to Thailand, Vietnam, all that. He was teaching, I was designing websites and copywriting. And then um, COVID hit. And they were like, you have seven days to get out of the country. So we were in Bali and they were like, and we're shutting the borders. Mm -hmm. So we just saw like all of these 
flights getting canceled. And I think we got on the second to last flight oh. out. Wow. Right, because people were getting, people got trapped places. We know right? people yeah. got trapped, yeah. yeah. And they just like could not leave. Yep. Um, and so we got on the flight and came home and he kept teaching online. And I was just like, I don't know what is happening here. So I just like found some part-time jobs, building websites. Um, then we got married. Can I just ask, so how did you, did you, or were you self-taught, like building websites? Was that something you picked up doing? I don't know. I just, just like, like along. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, genius. I'm qualified. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I don't know. I'd done like a lot of computer classes. Sure. I don't even know yeah, what yeah. you call it. Like not super computer designy, but I was used to back end computer stuff. It was intuitive for, yeah. Cause I went like to like a math and science classes. high school and you had programming classes and it was just sort of, I just sort of figured it out and I have, I like design, not amazing at it, but I feel like I have a little bit of an eye. So I, I got by, yeah. um, but yeah, I just built websites for some local businesses and I was living with my mom. So I had like a bill. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we got married. When on our honeymoon, honeymoon and, and then the bar. Brings us to now. Yeah. Well, sort of brings us to now. There's a year and a half between getting the call and and now, yes. which was a lot of renovation. Um, what are some of the big uh, changes yeah, that you've say, made? Tell us a little bit about what it was, looked like before. It was. I mean, the bones were the same. Sure. Right. It's a barn. Um, it's a barn, but it also is like has that lodge feel. Yeah, there's it does pine feel paneling. like yeah. And we're close to the mountain, which you had mentioned brings in a lot of people who maybe didn't plan to come here, but they're driving by and they say, "Oh, I could go for a, a cozy drink." Yeah, it's a very warm environment. Yeah, I would say. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, it's <laughs> the the wood is so warm naturally. It has those kind of like orangey undertones and lots mm -hmm. of exposed beams, and I love this building. Um, but when it was built, it was a barn. Like that was the aesthetic that they wanted. But my grandfather really had this like strong vision of it being a barn. He loved that rustic industrial kind of like, I mean, he wanted it to look like a horse barn. I was so say, was it more like wide open? Oh, like the exact opposite. Uh -huh. um, okay. <laughs> he, and he had his own aesthetic and it worked and it was a vibe, uh, <laughs> but not my vibe. Yeah. Sure. So there was like a horse stall cutting this room in half, like a straight up horse like stall that he got from stall. like a farm auction. Um, there was a full horse stall right here with like a booth inside. It's like in a corner in case for our viewers. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Not used to um, podcast descriptions. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. And it was, it was very dark. It was cozy, but it was dark and very horsey. And he, he was really into cars, really into collectibles, really into like old timey toys. That's what I wanted to get to. Cause I just heard you mention like, yeah, there's no car parts hanging from the ceiling. And I was like, say more. Yeah, He's so. a car collector and sure. has so, so many and collects parts of cars and pictures of cars and car paraphernalia and memorabilia. And anything relating to cars, motor oil, anything like <laughs> wild. And I respect it again. Not my vibe. So it's a very specific thing, especially if like, cause you kind of mentioned like old toys and stuff like kind of kitschy almost like that's fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but it's, it's not for everyone. Specific. It's yeah, very exactly. Specific. It's like a little niche. Mm -hmm. I bet like the people who were reg I'm sure there were like regulars coming here. Right. Who like 
were like, this is our little... Yeah, they appreciated it. Yeah. But sometimes less is more. There was a lot. Like, the ceilings were covered. Um, the walls were covered every inch. And you can kind of see the shadows, oh, yeah. like the age yeah. shadows from where there were signs. And they're everywhere. It's I like um, tan lines. A hundred percent. The wood has some tan lines. Yes. And this baby was oiled up and left out for hours because <laughs> it is, yeah. No, it adds That's some cool depth though. though. And you can tell there's a lot of history here. Mm-hmm. So much. History. And it's kind of lucky, I feel like, that it maybe it was covered because it's maintained like it's so beautiful. Yeah. What Still, became just like the bones of that. Of all of these artifacts. Um, my grandpa Bill took them back in many, many trailer fulls. And he kept the ones that he loved and he auctioned off the ones that he had just kind of taken but didn't really have like he a did a Marie Kondo. To. He held he it in his hands full. and says, Does this bring me joy? <laughs> yes. And then he kept the ones that brought him joy. And if he had his way <laughs> and his fiance um did not say you cannot put any more in the attic. I think every single thing would have brought him joy, but he had to downsize. So um the love has been spread to those who attended the auction, <laughs> but he still has a lot. And there's still a lot in the attic of my house, which is fun. Um, <laughs> and do you own a home in Princeton now? I do. Yeah. I live a mile away. Oh, that's nice. Um, in my grandpa's old house, he oh. moved across the street. My mom lives behind us and my cousins live down the street and, that's and, and, but that's how it's always been. Like, yeah growing up my family was always walking distance and Mm -hmm. I was pretty much raised in this restaurant so I don't know it's just it's in me I think that's so special it called you back it definitely did and I have come to appreciate having family close especially now with a kid at home you know and I, I think that um it's something when I was in my 20s, I didn't foresee me sticking around here, me living close to family, and now I'm so grateful for it. A hundred percent. I think support system. You you don't always appreciate it, right? You don't, oftentimes you don't appreciate something until you don't have it. And I was always just like, I need to move out West. I am built for the West Coast, hundred percent false, <laughs> but I wouldn't have known unless I tried. Right, yeah. um, and you're always just like, oh, you know. I want to forge my own way. I want to do my own thing. I want to prove that like I can build from the ground up and you do it and you're like, yeah, it's really not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, it is in certain regards, but there's a lot to be said for, at least for me, carrying on a legacy and paying respect to what my family worked really, really hard to build. Um, and just trying to, trying to do it my way. So Um, are there any dishes or drinks on the menu that reference older dishes or drinks that this place was known for? That's a, that's a, a, a tricky one because this is a conversation that comes up a lot. Um, my grandpa called me to tell me, (laughs) remind me of this fact two days ago, um, and he said, this family was built on prime rib and Bud Light. <laughs> Why don't you have either? Why like, is there no chicken parm on the menu? Looking at the menu, like, particularly, like, the, I'm just looking at the drink menu, right? It's, like, cans and bottles of beer, but not really, not like a Bud Light-style beer. 
so that's a little different. We have Bud Light style beer, but we right. don't carry commercial domestic. That is right. what I was, yes, that is a good clarification. Of oh, what actually, we heard you had a great training with um, MS Walker, and we love our best friend, she, uh, yeah. she works for MS Walker. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, but we have an appreciation, too, for smaller distillers and craft beer, all of that. That's the Armsby Abbey mm-hmm. in us, I suppose. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and we, I mean, we were so inspired by Armsby, and we always have ever since it opened. It's been, I love it, love it there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where we had our rehearsal dinner. So it's oh, just kind of like this great. full circle thing. But um, we just made a choice that we had this platform that had almost a built-in clientele because of, there's, there's not a lot of places in the area and people have these associations with its predecessor. Sure. Um, but we felt strongly that we wanted to give a leg up to kind of some of the, the smaller guys, you know, the smaller distillers, the smaller brewers. But we also thought about the customer. There's the Bud Light customer. We get it. Bud Light's got it going on. Like, I get it. It's easy. It's easy, right? Low ABV. It has a drinkability. (laughs) Like, it has a certain taste. So we said what... We went to all of our distributors and said, what is your, like, craft equivalent of a Bud Light? And we tried a bunch, and we landed on Jack's Abbey Banner City. Oh, we love Jack's Abbey. And that is... That truly is just, like, such a... It's It really is, like, an elevated... Drinkable. Yeah. It is still really drinkable. Super crushable. It's crisp, right? You have that element, but it also is like a little bit more than like, I kind of, and I don't even mean this in a bad way, but like, I kind of always think of those like big commercial, like Bud Light, Coors Light as like kind of like a beer flavored seltzer. (laughs) Almost. It's yeasty water. Yeah. 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 Which yeasty is a gross word, but yeah, that's kind of what it is. Right. And so it's nice to to have because there's nothing to hide behind. You know, you don't have this like crazy hot profile to Mm -hmm. (laughs) cover up for your mistakes. Well, there is not a prime rib. There is a short rib. That sounds really good. And it's like, it is, it's that warming food still. I love a short menu too. What is the concept behind your dishes how did you decide what was going to go and what was going to stay so our concept is that it's a um, seasonally inspired menu of elevated comfort food there is a pickle juice and buttermilk brined chicken thigh sandwich that was um mike unity mike pointed that out and we were like what it sounds delicious and like so different. Like I've never had anything like that. And so I love pickle juice. And you've been packed the last couple of weeks since you've been open looking at like your POS data. Oh um, what are the big sellers? Yeah. Um, the short rib is huge. There's a short rib poutine that people have been freaking out over. It's also literally the size of Texas. It's huge. <laughs> cool. Um, and it's, Beer braised in Seven Saws beer, Aww. also local. We love Seven Saws. Um, one of the owners of Seven Saws, Troy, has been like such a great mentor to us and kept us going and given us great advice. And um, a lot of our food, probably three or four dishes, use Seven Saws beer. They brewed a beer for us that is proprietary. You can only get it here, the Barn Brew. Um, I tried it. It was delicious. Crushable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm really, really happy. And they've just, they've been so great to us and helped us along um, when we were terrified and questioning everything that we were doing and had tons of questions. Um, but 
Yeah. I mean, the menu, the menu, we try to highlight as much local stuff, local vendors, local producers as we can. It's seasonally inspired. So, um, we take these new England flavors, new England Mm -hmm. ingredients, and we do sometimes unconventional things with them, like local maple syrup that we mix with gochujang, which is Korean hot sauce Mm -hmm. or Korean chili paste, I guess. Um, so it's just sort of like, here's stuff that you're familiar with. Here's stuff that makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. And here's just like our little spin on it. What are people sleeping on? Like, what should they order that yes. maybe hasn't been selling? Um, I mean, honestly, it's been selling pretty well. That's awesome. The bolognese the variety of is so good. It's, I mean, it's classic, I right? I just love a bolognese. But it's our chef's own little signature recipe and it is unreal. But people seem to really respond to the short rib. People have liked the cod, like loved the cod, which I was not expecting. Whereas like, I feel like I always have it as just like fish and chips, right? I would always joke, so I did restaurant reviews for the Telegram for years and we stopped during COVID because restaurants were struggling so much and the ecosystem of central Massachusetts is not like, there are not enough fine dining restaurants that I should be out there giving criticism, but I came here (laughs) maybe six years ago and I remember being like, okay, this is the kind of restaurant with steak tips and potatoes and breaded white fish. And uh, I think I wrote that in my review. So I am apologetic now. (laughs) Well, yeah, but it was, I feel like, right? And that's, and that was the thing, but this is like, it has sort of the DNA right. of that kind of breaded white fish that you get only in New England but in every now, restaurant. But yeah, it's pan roasted. So sophisticated. Yeah. Look at that. So cool. that in really the kitchen, cool. like watching it be cooked, Come together. they put it in, they put whatever they do on it, and the whole pan goes up in flames <laughs> and it goes out immediately. And it's so cool to watch. Mm-hmm. I love it. But I mean, in the kitchen, they're amazing, and um, that I mean, part part of part of what we did was tell them this concept, right? Seasonal, as local as possible. Obviously, there isn't a farm locally that can produce enough tomatoes all year round right. for a 230 seat restaurant. So y- you have to find that balance. Mm-hmm. But we we try to highlight local. Um, as much as we can. And so we met our chef and, uh, said, here's, here's the concept. Here's kind of the structure. We're thinking lots of apps. We want this to be kind of a fun bar, happy hour spot, cocktails, apps, that vibe, because we were getting away from the barn vibe and trying to go toward the ski chalet vibe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We are kind of entering the springtime. So how will the the vibe of this place shift as the weather changes. So the menu will change every four months. So our next menu is probably going to come out sometime June ish. Um, we're going to see probably fewer heavy meat dishes, fewer potato sides. Um, and like you were saying with the, the mountain barn, that was very traditional. You pick your meat basically, and you pick two sides and your options are a starch and a veg. And Mm -hmm. it's like the vegetables, like steamed broccoli, right? Yeah. That's exactly what like literally I was picturing was steamed broccoli. And it's so (laughs) new England, you know, and we all think, and like you think of it's either steamed broccoli or like mushy zucchini. Zucchini. A hundred percent. I never knew that zucchini. I, and you don't have to cook it. 
You can eat it raw and mm -hmm. it's so good. I think it's, I actually think I prefer it raw. I definitely prefer it raw. <laughs> Interestingly. Because oh, it does, it gets nice. so wet. It's, it's just very so damp. Is this the outdoor space too? There's a beautiful patio we're looking at. Yeah, so the, the pad was always there, which you can't see because it's covered in snow, but um, there used to be like an eight foot PVC privacy fence, so you oh, could God. not see anything. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, I don't know why that was done because PVC. you can see like rolling hills yeah, and lots beautiful. of trees. And right. It's not like you're looking at, it's not like there's like people, there's not like there's anyone's homes that oh, are there, right? The it's fall, not like the foliage is to die it's for. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. Um, and so we were just like, this is a spot. This is a vibe. Right. Um, and it gives you that, that like mountainy feel of like being in a, kind of like enclosed-ish or like remote sort of space, right? Just like that view. And Wachusett Mountain doesn't really offer, you know, any sort of sophisticated dining options. I still have fond memories of those cups full of French fries, but um, <laughs> I think that this is like the natural next step, right? Sure. Why aren't there more restaurants out here? Um, you're not allowed to build. There's so many like, commercial restrictions like zoning zoning, zoning. Gotcha. because Prince Lister knows a lot about zoning right now zoning everyone oh my God. Back. <laughs> zoning it's it's brutal it's brutal but but it's also beautiful right like yeah. princeton yeah. has fought tooth and nail to stay quaint and right. to stay small and outdoorsy and woodsy and there are so many there's like 160 miles of hiking trails just in this town and that's the vibe you right. know, you don't that's wanna what we want. Pave paradise. There's hiking trails lot. that come out like the right back there. parking lot. Yeah. And so you can just wander. Like you can, I think, hook into Wachusett Mountain hiking from, trails from, from here. here. That's very cool. Sounds um, like a fun afternoon, you know? Yeah. Totally. Hike down here, have a beer, hike on back. That's what we're shooting like, for. Yeah. Fill your belly a little bit, like a little like <laughs> yeah. energy, go. Do a loop, come back, yeah. and then have a beer. The one thing that I want people to know is that we understand and appreciate Princeton. We love Princeton and we love the customers that were so loyal to the mountain barn for 40 years. We understand the charm. We understand the, the panache. We understand the draw. We understand why that traditional like New England vibe and New England food was so appealing. And we've thought about that and we really have tried to be super intentional with our menu. Everything we've done has been really intentional and really mindful. And we hope that shows this is an evolution. We, in the two weeks we've been open, we've reprinted the menu three times because every couple days we sit with the kitchen and we sit with the staff and we say, what's working? What are customers liking? What's not working? What's crazy? And so we ended up paring it down a little bit, trying to get it super simple, super basic. We want to do what we do really well. And we would rather put out really high quality meals that we feel strongly about that if you came to our house, we would be proud of serving you. Um, but it's going to change. It's going to evolve. It's in the summer. Like I want 
different food than I want in the winter. Tomatoes. I, <laughs> just tomatoes. Literally. Take a bite out of a tomato. Tomatoes. I want a plate with tomatoes and peaches. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like a drizzle of just like balsamic somewhere. I'm oh, like, great. I mean, Thank you. Stop. Like, yeah. so good. But the vibe's going to change. And we're going to change. And my, my husband and I, this is our first child. It is our future. We are not going anywhere um, as long as people will come and support us and give us chances and help us grow and evolve. And if, if, if you see the menu and you're like, you know what, this is not for me, take a look in three months. Like We're going to be changing. We're going to be evolving. We're going to be growing. And we want to keep listening and we appreciate feedback if it's delivered kindly. <laughs> we do not appreciate feedback delivered with a frowny face, um, but we'll take it, you know? Right. And I think for the summer, I'm psyched. I love like reggae and surf type vibes, stick figure, that sort of thing. So I'm just looking at, at forward to the Adirondacks, the cornhole, the big patio, and we have a huge grassy area on both sides of the building. And just having like great drinks, great music, bands. I don't know. I might push for tacos. Like, <laughs> we'll see. And we're going to be adding brunch at some oh, point I in the near future. I was almost going to ask about that. I was going to be like, are you ever going to do brunch? We love a brunch. Yes. Yes. And yeah. this yeah. menu, just like the menu as is, like the dinner menu feels like it could, it could translate. Like there's elements it. of it. Right. Yeah. There's <laughs> elements of it that you're like, ooh, that would be a great brunch dish. A hundred percent. So right now we're only open Thursday through Sunday. We will only ever be open Thursday through Sunday. Um, it's a big restaurant and we're the ones maintaining it. So it's, it's a lot and you need three days to do other stuff. I mean, we manage, we do all the behind the scenes, the ordering for the most part, our chef does like the kitchen ordering, but we do all the booze ordering and mm -hmm. front of house and everything. So we need three days um, so that we don't burn out, but we will add Sunday brunch, probably open around 11. We're still trying to work out the kinks. Um, Cause that's a long day for the kitchen. Um, but yeah, I'd say probably like six to eight weeks. We're going to chew on the brunch idea a little bit more. Awesome. Well, yeah. we'll keep an eye out. Um, Definitely. Thank you so much for telling us your story. And we're excited to share with Worcester. Oh, yes. thank you. Thank so you. Me. It was fun. <laughs> this was fun. Well, I have been Sarah. I have been Molly. And this is Pop It. Pop It. <laughs>